0: Hey everyone, and thank you for listening to Nourish and Lift. Um, Again, I could have not done this without stumbling across Anchor. Um, I was looking for a free podcast, and Anchor is definitely where it's at. I love the music that they have, the background music that they got going on. I love how you can customize everything to yourself, just like a regular podcast. And basically, all the tools is in the app, which I love. So, definitely have to check it out. Go to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you, y'all, and thanks again for Anchor for making this happen. Thanks. Hey y'all, this is Amber with Nourish and Lift and It has been a while. I know it's been a while and I am so sorry. Um, Of course, life happens and sometimes we have to put the things that are most important in front of our lives. Um, So I had that recently happen and I am here to give you the whirlwind and me coming back and me making sure that I have my Priorities set straight and everything else, and just to give you guys an update of what's going on, and let's talk about this coronavirus. I mean, it is definitely crazy. Um, I'm gonna let you know that it is definitely gonna hit our older generation versus our young and mid age generations. Um, it really is affecting a lot of the older, older or elderly people. Um, so if you have anybody, be, you know, in your in their sixties and up, um, you know, send lots of love, send lots of prayers. Try to limit the exposure that you have to them. Um, it is just it, it really is hitting the elder population. Uh, versus people, you know, kids. Kids are so much easier to bounce back. Their immune system is so different. Um, but even some of the young people that have um, been hit and actually passed, uh, there are some cases out there that have been, they had other underlining conditions. Um, the news is making it out to be so much more than it really is. I definitely want you guys to feel strong and confident with where are you going, what you're touching, and who you're around? Um, you know, just definitely have common sense in regards to, hey, let's not be in big groups of crowds. I totally get it. You know, you want to be with people, your loved ones, your families, celebrations, and everything. But this is not going to last because China is already making a recovery. They have no new cases of it. So let's just, you know, You know, basically, yeah, quarantine, like make ourselves stay home, limit the people that you're with, touch. If you can try to limit, you know, if you have your mom and dad or any elder grandparents, you know, try to limit your access to them. You know, don't, you know, because you don't want to bring whatever you have because it can live on your clothes and it can, you know, live on the outside of your skin, your body. Um, So let's just try to limit all of that um that just the exposure. So, you know, China did the same thing. They basically all stayed home, quarantined themselves. It's like a go- ghost town, but like they're making a a, a good comeback. So, um it's going to happen as well. So, just to kind of give you guys a little update what's going on with that. Um I do know a couple of things just because um just the people that I know. So, um you know, the United States has put, like, they it should already be here, because um, I found this out on Wednesday, so the United States put an order in for the actual test kits for the coronavirus, because we actually didn't have a lot of the test kits here, if hardly any, um, I know a lot of people were just basically going off the symptoms, and the everything that's been going on, um, basically, yes, it mimics the flu-like symptoms, but you like we didn't have the actual test like the actual good testing to actually you know be like yep it's the coronavirus a hundred percent. Um but people that were testing positive for it, um, those are different ways that they had to test. Um, you know, doing blood tests and doing Um, you know, saliva, just doing a different testing in regards to that. But there is an actual test kit, just like the flu or strep throat, you know, they have to swab and then however they take it in the back and they have to, you know, swab or test or, you know, if it turns a certain color or, you know, if it comes back. Um, but I know the United States ordered 400,000 test kits to be arrived to us. And I know it's going to take three to four days for it to, you know, be distributed out um but you know just try to be smart um i'm not saying that anybody isn't smart that's not what i'm saying at all i'm just trying to give you guys information as much as i do um if you're already a homebody like i'm already a homebody you know like i i go to work come home on the weekends we you know of course during the winter time, um, you can't, you know, you don't go out and do much, um, but, you know, with it getting warmer out and everything, it, you know, the virus should be dying off and everything, so, um, because it does, if you're out in sunlight, um, it actually does kill the virus, so it doesn't, it doesn't thrive in, like, hot environments, um, so yeah, so just, bless me, just to give you guys, (laughs) blush me again, (laughs) updates, um, in regards to what I know, um, I, I do have really good resources, I just can't really say it out, but I just want to let you know, um, all is good, all is good in health, just, we really got to think of our elders, so it's really hitting them harder, um, even if you are my age I'm 29 and you get it we actually have a greater chance we have a 94% chance of surviving from it um because our immune system is a lot stronger um we've already actually there's just different types of the coronavirus so like we've already had some type of the coronavirus it's just this one is just more um more aggressive than the other viruses such as like a stomach virus flu, um, you know, any respiratory infections, which a lot of that's going around. Um, so yeah. Anyways, let's just go ahead, dive in what's going on. Um, don't want to waste any more of your time with that. So just play it smart. Um, so a lot of things has been going on in my personal life. Um, just, it just seems like it was just been a snowball effect. Just, you know, one after another, just, hit me just right, just jab, jab, jab. So um, all you guys know is when I started all of this, I was, um, I wasn't in a job and I actually quit my job so that way I could better myself and be more prepared for this firefighting. So I did the firefighting, I applied and I passed my written test, and then I had the CPAT, uh, which is a physical test. Uh, there's eight props that I have to go through. So the first one is the stair stepper for three minutes with a 75 pound weight vest. Then it is a hose drag, a hose pull. And you have 25-pound equipment, which they're both mimic saws um, that you had to walk 50 feet, carry around a barrel, and then um, putting them back up on a shelf, like if you were taking them up on a truck. Um, Putting the ladder up, pulling the ladder up, and then letting it down. Uh, The sledgehammer, hitting it as if I was hitting at a door or something. Um, You had to basically hit it to where the box buzzed. And then it was the dummy drag, and then we had to crawl through um, a dark box, so it was pitch black, and there was like little obstacles in there that we had to like, go through. And then um, and then it's the hook and pull, so they're 80 pound plates, um, you're basically mimicking of pulling if you're hooking and pulling sealing. Um, so it was hooking it down, pulling it down and then hooking it and pull and like pushing up. And of course, if you're small like me, I'm only five, four, um, I had to use my legs and that whole entire course has to do with your legs already being shot because of the damn stair stepper. So, um, I got to go through it. It was really fun. I love the environment. Um, I got to go through it as an orientation and it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Um it just you know, I've been doing crossfit since 2014. So I'm like, oh my god, this is just like crossfit. Um the only thing that got me is I I got three attempts at the stair because that's the first thing that they put you on is the stair stepper with the 75 pound weight vest. Um I did not pass. It (sighs) I mean I saw grown ass men not pass. Okay. There was very few people that did pass. So I just was really upset. The first time I wasn't, as, I was discouraged, but I wasn't as upset. The second time I was very upset. I was two minutes and five seconds and I just, I just was just upset. Like, I mean, I, you know i felt like i wasted so much time you know trying to prepare for this and i just felt like the disappointment in my husband um you know that was going to be in me like i just felt like he was going to be so disappointed in me and so discouraged and I, like i let him down and i didn't know like how i can like show him how much better i can be um so a lot of stuff happened in that time frame um, that was emotional, and I didn't really want to go back to a desk job, but I also really missed the people that I was with, so that was, I, I would go visit them, and just hearing how much love and respect that they had for me, and just hearing them, you know, like, jokes, but actually really like it, like, hey, we want you back, I, and I hate to use the word begging, but I guess if you probably asked them, they would say, yeah, they were begging, um, but it was just really up, upsetting in some ways, because, I mean, I left on good terms, and I was rehirable, and I love the people, the people are amazing, um, the department was so small, it really is like having a family, um, and I, and I did really good work there. I mean, I really worked for the people, our, which is our patients. And I w I was really good at it. Like, would I say I was passionate about it? Um, I wouldn't say like, that's the one thing I'm passionate about, but I definitely was really good at it. And I, I still am very good at it. It just makes sense for me, and I feel like if I was the patient on the other side, I would hope somebody, even though I'm not a nurse, you know, I'm just trying to get their insurance to approve their treatment, but a lot of times, those treatments, those treatments for that patient can be a life or death treatment, you know, they they need their insurance to pay for that because not everybody can pay out of pocket for healthcare. You know, not everybody's going to be able to pay for, you know, an emergency surgery that they had to do, which was a life or a death, which costs, you know, twenty thirty thousand $30,000. Nobody has that kind of money. Not this, not now, like not these Americans, you know, like, you know, here, not just saying Americans, but just saying, like, Americans in the United States. Um, but even over in other countries, I they probably don't have... They don't have that good of health care as we do, though. But they also, if you do look at other countries, we're the most obese country. So, um, there are some differences. But anyways, so I'm just... I was good at it. So I didn't pass my CPAT the first, second, and the third time um I I didn't go. So it wasn't the fact that I quit. It was just I had something else that I needed to do. And I'm going to explain that. So so yes, the second time happened I was Like, no, I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to go to the Y, get on that stair stepper, and keep going. So I did my best of doing that. And I only passed the stair stepper once with a 75-pound weight vest, and that was with my husband at the Y. And a lot of it is with my husband there. Like, I felt like I had to do it. Like, he's watching me, and, um, so, like, he, I mean, he was a big support, too. I mean, I give him props. He literally supported me so much through everything. So, as I was working to get to my third and final one, um, we end up getting a dog, and I love Great Danes. I've had one previously before, and I got another one, and she was the most, she is still the most beautiful thing ever. Um so she is a harlequin great dane. She had one blue eye um and she was just the sweetest. She had like an all black arm which looked like a sleeve like a tattoo sleeve type thing. Uh just very very gorgeous sweet dog. I had her for two and a half weeks and she literally Like she slept with me every night and she slept all through the night. And usually puppies, you have to get up two to three times at night to take them outside or you leave them in the crate. But I didn't want like just in my heart. I didn't, you know, I don't know. I just was doing things different um, just because, you know, we're not we're not having a baby at the moment or anything like that. So um, I literally treated her like my baby. So, she literally slept all through the night with me. She never once moved or anything. She just laid there in my arms and slept. So, backstory on Bailey Bailey is what we named her. Um, when I picked her up, I drove all the way down to Dalton, Georgia. It was a nine hour drive. And I picked her up. When I got her, I was so thrilled, so happy. She was really tiny. Um, she was really skinny. I can see her ribcage poking out. I could see her spine. I could see her back butt bones. Um, so she looked really malnutrition. And I just didn't care. I just wanted her. I handed the lady the money and I was like, thank you. You know, I appreciate it. And then literally left. Um, drove all the way back home. She did awesome. She slept a lot through the way and bring her home she's doing so good with our other dog and the two cats and she fit if I get choked up I'm sorry but she fit in so perfect and she never showed any symptoms no signs of anything no pain and she I mean was a puppy she acted like a puppy you know, bark, like, she didn't really say a lot, but, like, her just, you know, barking and, like, like, being, like, just, like, vocal, like, when she's playing, um, you know, like, that growl and stuff, you know, when they're playing and stuff like that, and she was just so sweet. She slept with me every night, and, uh, I, I adored her. Um, so, Me and Clay left Sunday. And I've I've left her in her kennel before and she was fine. You know, we'd go to the store and all that. Um, Sunday, I... It was beautiful out. I wanted to get out with my son. And we went to Norfolk and we went to this aquarium. Um, and then they had, like, other, like, prehistoric stuff and other animals. So, it was really cool. I think it's called Living Outdoors. Um... So we get back. I've had a puppy pad in her kennel before. She's never tore it up. This one time she tears it up. And so I thought she digested it because she started throwing up. Um we were, we got home, let her out and everything. She ate and then she just threw up. Like everything was thrown up. Like it was like food that wasn't even like digested. And I'm like, "Man, like, she's had that in her belly for a long time, like, and it's not, like, I mean, it looks like food that wasn't even digested. Um She was going to the bathroom, like, I mean, she was, like, she was pooping, and all night she, she kept throwing up, and so I took her to the vet, they did x-rays, they're like, yeah, we see a blockage. Um, we're going to keep her all day on IVs and give her the barium, which the barium is like this chalky substance It's supposed to either make her like throw up or pass it out, poop it out. And she didn't do neither. Um, she was on IV, everything. And I got her back, picked her up because they don't do overnight. And she was just happy, like super happy. So... They told me if you know she continues to throw up or she doesn't digest eat food or anything, um, bring her back and we're probably gonna have to do surgery. So I was like, all right, I understand. Um, Like Bailey tried to poop and tried to pee and nothing was coming out, and it was just really weird because she never once like yelped, she never showed any signs of pain like nothing she didn't give me anything and that's what was hard is i didn't know and she just really wanted to love me and like i gave her all the love i could and so take her back the next day because she threw up twice she still wasn't pooping and so they did x-rays say, okay well we're gonna do surgery so a couple of hours go by you know I still haven't got a phone call. It's almost three o'clock, and usually my son gets out of school at three thirty, so I'm just waiting and I finally get a call and and they tell me that the surgery didn't go as planned as they thought, and that is just and my heart just my heart just sunk so heavy because I thought she had passed. Or I was going to have to put her down. So and of course they go in great detail and I I just like it was just mm hmm, mm-hmm, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I just wanted to see her. I was so upset. So upset I'm still emotional for it. I don't understand this puppy. She's only eight and a half weeks. Going on to nine weeks. And understand how this little girl. Could just. This happened. I I didn't get it. I just still don't get it. So anyways. She had an intestine rupture. She had a spot on her intestine. And it was a weak spot. But. It was nothing. That. Anybody could have done or known she was born with something, and um you know, so it just depending on the you know what happened during breeding or if maybe she was just the unlucky one out of the litter i we don't know um so we don't know if it's bad breeding. I haven't heard anything back from the breeder and Um, and we don't, again, it's, it's very questionable up in the air. We don't know at all. So anyways, Bailey had an intestine rupture. She had, they, when they, when they opened her up, her intestines were pink. I mean, excuse me, not pink, purple. They're supposed to be like a very light pink. They were very purple. The blood supply that actually, I guess, the main blood supply, the artery that goes to them, was been cut off, and her intestines were so big. Uh, We saw the pictures of them, and they were so big. They were, like, as big of brat, like, worth like, links. They they were just, and it was just so weird, because, like, her stomach wasn't, like, and even the vet said, like, her stomach wasn't, like, bloated out or anything like she she looked like a normal dog and it just sucked and so they kept her but unfortunately Bailey was not making a good recovery from the surgery because of the infection and the loss of the blood um when they cut out the bad part of the ruptured intestine, they left some of the intestine because they weren't sure of it. And it's nothing that they could have done. It's it, Everything was so questionable. It's not like, you know, like, yes, I question, like, well, why didn't they cut the rest of it off? Like, you know, like, why did they leave that? Like, would she have been better off if, like they removed that much more, like, just so many things, just, you know, just so many things could have happened, I don't know, so anyways, Bailey's heart rate was just up in the 190s, and it just wasn't coming down, um, her, like, blood sugar levels were really low, and, She wasn't moving. She, like, wasn't coming out of the anesthesia. She wasn't bouncing back like they thought she would as a puppy. And so we had to drive her up, and we had to hurry, which was a horrible thing, to drive her up to the emergency vet because they do all the overnight and more aggressive treatments than what our primary care vet could do. So we get her there. They... You know they look at her and everything they sit us in a room and everything and you know they're just giving us all these outcomes and you know just preparing us for the worst that she might not make it through that night and i lost it again oh my god i'm so sorry but i just lost it i did i lost it again I don't understand like how a dog can like just make me so emotional and she did and I'm just sharing this story with you because this stress in my life put so much on me and I had to basically like make the right decision about everything in my life moving forward and it just really just it sucked in a way. But I'm grateful for it, but anyways, Bailey was in the e r the emergency vet for for like a whole week, and she kept coming out of it like every time that they were getting ready to tell us that we might have to put her down. She would freaking bounce out of it. She would make start showing improvements. It wasn't as much as they wanted to, but she would start slowly making improvements, and she pulled every freaking string in my heart. And that girl, she had tried fighting. She didn't know what was going on, and she, she did. She tried fighting so hard, and that's only you know wanted. I wanted her to fight, and I wanted her to get better. But I can't just let her, like, suffer. I just can't. You know, so she started making a recovery. Thought everything was going to be good. And I was trying to make plans for her to come back home. And because her her kidneys were failing, and then they did the blood work, and they said that her right one is normal, and then the left one was improving. So I thought she was going to be good. And I went and saw her numerous times throughout the day, and I loved her so much, and I still love her. And I left. And when I was make- you know having hope, making those improvements, and I think it was just a little too soon, but I ended up getting another call telling me that you know Bailey isn't doing good anymore um she actually took a turn for the worse she's 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 crashing. Um, they wanted they the fluids on her abdomen were starting to get infected and she started going septic again and they did the sonogram on her intestines and they were still the same size they were not going down and they had to give her more pain medicine so giving her more pain medicine I knew what you know she was starting to f- she was starting to feel pain so you know they're listing out three options for me and all I literally, it just, in my head, all I could hear was just blah, 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 because I knew what I was going to have to do, and I got off the phone, called my husband, and just, and he left work and came home, and we both drove up there, and... And just had to make the hardest decision that I felt in my life. It just sucks because it, again, it's just a little girl. And she was, you know, just new to life. And had no clue what was going on. And all she wanted to do was love me and wanted me to take her home. And I couldn't. (laughs) So, I spent hours with her before we had to do it, and two weeks later, um, we got her memorial back, and because um, we got her cremated, so we got a little memorial thing with her ball print it was really sweet of them, but it was, I haven't gone through a loss in so long, and then, you know, we finding out that my cousin Rhonda, you know, has, which she's my first cousin, you know, that has stage four cancer, and and then, um, we put Bailey down on a Thursday, and then um that Sunday my son ended up breaking his wrist across the growth plate. So there was that um so I I've been really emotional and that was the same week that I actually um had to test for my last test for my CPAP. And I was not sure if I was going to be able to do it. I was just beyond emotional. So much things running through. And I just didn't know. Like, I question everything. And the only thing that was good that came out of that was I talked to one of the girls from my job where I, you know, left on good terms. She let me know that she was actually leaving and the department wasn't doing, you know, that great and they needed somebody you know, strong headed, good minded, and that was really good at the job to to be there. And not saying that this wasn't worth it, but you know, we're just about eight grand in the hole for everything that happened with Bailey. And because it was about fifteen hundred dollars every twelve hours. Um so yeah, so we were like eight grand, you know, with Bailey and, you know, Clay just broke his wrist and I was feeling so much emotions. Wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to pass the CPAT. And like we we needed a second income. Um, because we exhausted our credit cards and my husband's classes were getting ready to be over that he was teaching. And because that was basically making up my other income. And we thought that we would, you know, hear something by now with the fire department if I could pass. But just so many things were happening all at once. And I had to make a decision, you know. And my biggest fear was my husband of what he thought of me. So, of course, we had a serious talk and everything. And he, not saying that he had to, but he said everything right. I mean, you know you have a good spouse when they love you for you. They don't, They're you know, they don't see you as if you were quitting or anything. They, you know, they completely understand, you know, the timing, everything. And I'm a big believer in, you know, the timing of everything has to be right. Um, you know, everything happens for a reason. And so... I, it it was, a lot of it was the timing of everything that was happening, and what was supposed to be coming, and I'm, I accepted the job, so I started working on March 16th, and then this whole coronavirus thing happened, and, you know, broke out, and I'm just, I'm just like, wow, like, this is just crazy. So, I'm just beyond grateful right now for me having a job. And I do like my job that I'm in. I, I love bits and pieces of it. But I am very thankful that I have an income. And my husband has an income. And I feel you know, we're, we're financially getting there. So, so yeah, so that's what's really happened. So if anything that you can take away from it, this is, you know, just, just really think about what's going on. You know, you can't just be selfish in your own ways. Um, You know, if you have a family, even if it's big or small, you still have to think of, you know, you kind of have to think of the future. You know, you have to kind of predict. I'm in a place that I have no family out here. I just have Trevor and my son. And it's just, it's hard. It's because even if I was to become a firefighter, you know, it's the shifts. So, like, there's going to be holidays where me and my husband both are working, and there's going to be times where, you know, we're both working also, but we're going to have to have a nanny. So, like, it's just this other person that we have to get to know. Um, Versus if it, you know, if it was my mother was able to come out here and live with us for a while, then, you know, that would make it so much easier. But not everything in life is so easy. So, It's definitely a place that, you know, you have to find the happy medium in. And, and, you know, a lot of things need to be like 50-50. So, just everything that just happened in my life so quickly and just things that I was not ready yet, and I was not ready to let go, and I felt very frustrated and very mad at why this is happening to me. I feel I felt like everything that I loved was taken away from me, and I just didn't agree with any of this. I don't understand, and I still don't understand, and I probably won't understand for a while, and I just don't agree with it. I, I don't. It's It's not fair, and You know, it just kind of takes you through other things in life and your past, present and future of what's been taken away from me, you know, in the past and what currently is being taken away from me in the present and then what would be taken away from me in the future. And I'm not ready as a mother to give up my time with my son because of my job. Because I'm very family oriented and everything to me is family. My husband, he, you know, he loves firefighting. That is his passion. Like, I did firefighting just because I knew that he could do it. And I've done it a couple times with him. And I enjoyed the excitement. But I haven't seen the bad like he has either, though. I wouldn't know that until I'm in the job. And who's to say that I'm in the job and the bad happened and I can't deal with it. I've seen my husband's skeleton in his closet. I have seen him suffer. And it was very baffling to me. It was very hard. And I couldn't say anything right to make it better. And in the moment of me losing something that I loved... And that I was not ready i don't I just didn't know if I could do that, you know, um, I am very grateful that my husband can do that job. He is so good at it, and he has touched so many people, and he's just fucking good at his job. So many people look up to him, and it's just amazing to see what he can do that i I, I can't. Uh, you know, others can't, it's just amazing to see how much he gives for everybody. Uh, he's just a very amazing human being. So, so yeah, so a lot of that happened. Um, just thinking of everything and, you know, my biggest thing is I just couldn't, you know, give up my time with my son, and I want to, you know, be here, you know, Monday through Friday, every weekend, making everything that I can work, because I know my husband, he is very strong, but I know with his job and his schedule, he can't be here Monday through Friday, every weekend, um, so I just feel like, as a parent, you know, one of us needs to be, here, you know, here, one of us needs to be with our child. So I made that decision of that, you know, this isn't the best thing right now, you know, maybe I could do it in five years from now, you know, and I'll be in better shape of my life. Um, like of being able to do three minutes on the stair stepper with 75 pound weight vest on. I just you know, I just don't get it. Like I was able to you know, I'm able to deadlift freaking three hundred and five pounds and I just hit my p and like that's a PR for me, but I did it twice, so I know it's more. Um and you know, and I a- and I hit my PR on my back squat to two forty five and then you know, my front squat, I you know, doing it two oh five and like and then I could clean and jerk like over my head, 170. Like I've I've I could hit these big numbers, you know, and it's just like, oh my gosh, like what is wrong with me? Uh but just so many things play effect like when you're on the stair stepper, because like when you're on the stair stepper, like that first minute, you're like, Whoo! And then that second minute you get into, you're like, Holy shit, okay, this is where you don't panic, don't panic, don't panic breathe, control your heart rate, you know, try not to, like, try not to trip, you know, try to remember to, like, spring on your feet, like, be light on your feet, like, oh my gosh, I tell you what, the first time I did it, I panicked, that first minute, I was like, okay, second minute, I was like, holy shit, is this three minutes, this is the longest three minutes of my fucking life, holy shit, I mean, my feet, I was, like, trembling, And I lost my balance and I had to grab that rail. Like, oh, it was so embarrassing. I thought it was embarrassing. And you're like, you have like 30 set of eyes watching you. So there's so many people that are watching. You're like, oh my gosh, just stop looking at me. And of course, I'm in a guy's world. Like, it was just me and one other girl out of like 60 people when we first got there. Like, oh, it's crazy. Just crazy. But... But yeah, so, um, just definitely, you know, taking away from all of this, you know, just you really have to think, you have to try to get that good energy to come back even at a bad time and everything felt so bad to me and I had to do so much soul searching uh, for me in that moment of time and i wasn't ready for a lot of the things that was to come but i had to figure out what in my soul that i knew was going to be best for for me but it's also going to better my family and i couldn't take any more time away from my husband as well So, it really made me just kind of like, you know, I need to do more of the little things in life. I need to cherish more of those small moments in my life and what's to come in my future. I need to show more love and give more of myself to, you know, others for them to love and being in that job and coming back stronger and helping and trying to show brightness that, hey, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, let me help guide you, that that was very big and challenging. And especially from a higher up management just seeing so much good potential and wanted you to come back because, you know, you're the most qualified applicant out of everybody. And I actually, you know, just somebody to understanding the process. I mean, I, I had to, I felt like my work there wasn't done and I left to see what other adventure that I could be good at but i w- i left with unfinished work and that's why i feel like i think i kept so much close contact with four of my coworkers from there and especially the one that was leaving um that i took that higher up position i i had to i had to do something um and being a libra i'm always trying to find balance and everything so that is just my everyday life that I'm trying to find a balance. But I have taken away so much. It's right there. You're welcome. Um, but I have learned so much in such short amount of time. And that's okay because it took me a while to figure out. I mean, it took me months to figure out. Where I need to be and where my heart lies. So, just knowing that and just feeling everything that I was feeling, it has made me better and it has brought better communication between me and my husband. And it has made me more confident. It has made me shine better. I have, like, I feel better. I feel good. I feel healthy you know, I'm watching more and more what I put in my body, I am, you know, physically being more ap- appealing, you know, um, actually taking care of, you know, like, just not throwing my hair in a ponytail all the time, but, like, you know, actually, you know, doing stuff to my appearance um, that makes me feel good that I know I, I did in the past, and, you just giving that me that more self-confidence that came back. And that's just what I had to do. And if you're ever in a tough situation or things that you feel like just keep snowballing, it does get better. It takes a moment. It took me two days to literally sit by myself because my husband was gone those two days. Uh, At work. So those two days, I had just me, like just me to talk to. And you can guarantee I was talking to myself and weighing out all the pros and weighing out all the cons. And I had to figure this out. And I literally told myself, I was like, okay, come on, Amber, like, what the fuck do you want? Like, literally, get your shit together. Yes, like, I, I had to be, like, I had to talk to myself as if I, you know, I'm talking to other people whenever I'm trying to encourage them. You know, I'm doing this to myself, like, I didn't have anybody to to do what I do, you know, helping others and telling them, like, you fucking got this. Like, what do you have to lose? Nothing. And saying that to myself, like, what do you have to lose? you know, and my first response was Bailey, you know, I lost my dog, I lost the thing that I love the most, you know, except for my, my son and my husband, I love them to death, but Bailey was like a daughter to me, and I lost a little girl, the only little girl that I'm ever gonna have, and I did not like it, and I had to tell myself Okay, what do you had to lose, Bailey? I understand you lost her, but you have to keep moving forward. You have to know what you're going to come out of this. And you have to see what's going to be best for you. And what's going to help your own family. And I just keep talking and talking and talking to myself and everything, and just, like, yeah, I'm hurt, like, I'm hurt over Bailey, but am I really hurt that I'm not gonna, you know, do this test, or, you know, am I really hurt that my son broke his, you know, wrist, and, like, and that now he gets not be able to play flag football, am I hurt that, you know, my husband is working, you know, a lot more, and I still hardly see him, um, you know, it's just so many things, and I knew that if I was to have this job, that I'm going to be able to see my husband right away. He's going to be able to be home, and he's going to be able to take clay and do stuff. Like, that helps me out. It gets us back into routine. It gets us back, you know, up on our feet, and my husband doesn't have to work so much, and I don't have to, you know figure out if I'm, you know, what, what I'm going to do. And it helps me keep my mind busy of trying not to sit here and sob. Because when I'm in a loss, like, I will sit and sob for days upon weeks. And I cannot do that. Because if I would have done that, then I I know I would have I know I would have failed my third attempt just because so freaking emotions were running high. I went back to CrossFit two days after, you know, I had to put my dog down and I cried like a freaking baby in my car. That workout was hard and I wasn't like I was not happy. I had the most like resting bitch face ever and I got in my car and I cried because That workout, I felt like, was hard because of all the emotions that I had. But, you know, depending on where you're at spiritually, um, you know, I just had to think that, you know, she's not suffering. And I can't suffer. And I know Bailey knows... (laughs) that I gave her everything that I could and I knew she knew that. I loved her so much. So I gave her all the love that I could give. And I still will give her all the love that I can give. So So yeah, there's that. But um you know Things do happen for a reason. And there's things in my life that has happened. That has been way too fucking weird. You know to be coincidence. And. And I'm just grateful. For those small moments. Because. We all need to be grateful for those small moments in our lives. It's you know because. Life is hard. But. But. We can make it a lot more simple if we can just be more considerate of, of other people. And by that, I mean these people driving on these goddamn roads. I tell you what. You know, I know they make a slow lane and a fast lane. A fast lane is not, you know, meant for people that are doing exactly the speed limit to be in that lane. So, common courtesy would be for them to, you know, get over. But if you are driving up on their ass, and those people are not getting over, I can guarantee you that. Um, But, just like, like, you know... Everybody makes this this, this saying, and this is kind of like what I want to get at, because everybody makes a saying saying, life's too short, okay? So think about it when you're in the vehicle, okay? There's the fast lane, there's the slow lane. The fast lane, if you're in that fast lane, guess how much shit you're going to miss? Same thing with life. If you're always in that fast lane, that fast pace, on the go, never take a fucking moment to actually slow down sometimes and just enjoy the ride, then you're going to be at the end of your life and you're going to wish and regret everything that you should have done. But if you can just have more common courtesy for other people and enjoy that little things, Enjoy that little kid that's sitting in the front seat or in the back seat, you know, dancing. Or enjoy that girl that's, you know, in there singing to a song, her being happy. Or somebody just riding with their windows down, their arms out the windows and just loving it. Loving everything that's around them, just wanting to cruise. and Those people are living. Those people cherish the moments. Those people are making life happy. But when you got fucking assholes riding up your ass, flashing their brights, honking their horns, weaving through traffic, thinking that they're going to get somewhere fast. Have you ever went up where somebody came up right behind your ass, rode your ass, and then tries to pass you, and then thinks that they can be like, you know, millions of miles away? And then you get to the stoplight and they're sitting right there next to you? I mean, come the fuck on, people. That's literally the way you can define people of how they live their life. Because those assholes, those people that want to do that, they ain't living their life. They're always on the go. They can't slow down. And when they get to the end, they want to, they want to slow, they wish they slowed down. They wish they would have done things. But guess what? Not me. Because I'm sticking my hand out that window, you know, waving it up and down, feeling the wind through my fingers, feeling that warmth, singing to my favorite song, have my lovely sunglasses on, looking fly, just being pretty and having my hair just blowing everywhere and looking over at my son and just watching him smile and giggling and trying to sing the song too, you know like those that's what I enjoy and I will drive slow to enjoy that because I ain't got nowhere to be I have all the time in the world for that and that's what people miss right there so when you're on the road, that is how you can define, literally, and I swear it to you, that's how you can define people. You can define people who go way too fucking fast. They, they fly. They, those are the most selfish people that fly by the edge of their seat, and they do not care because they only care about themselves and where they're going to get to go. It doesn't benefit them at all. They're going to miss so much. Versus me, if I do the speed limit, maybe go five miles over the speed limit, but I'm still enjoying myself. Hey, I'm not going to miss a moment. I'm not going to blink and miss anything. I'm going to be enjoying everything. I'm going to be enjoying myself. I'm going to be enjoying the person sitting right next to me or the person sitting in the back. I'm going to enjoy my dog, you know. Looking at his face and the you know outside the window and his jaws you know flapping everything, his ears flapping him happy. I'm gonna join all of that, and that's what you guys should do too. Just we need to be more considerate of people on the roads, but you need to be more considerate for you on the road. And where do you have to be in such a hurry? If you're going to be late, five minutes late, then you're going to be five minutes late. The best thing that you can do is to wake up tomorrow and do it better. And that's the best thing that we can do. But anyways, I if this is the longest podcast I've had it is gonna be an hour, so I'm going to cut it. But I really hope you guys, you know, enjoyed everything that I have opened up and shared with you because I get it when life throws you curveballs and or if it throws you a blizzard and it just keeps making snow after snow. My nose is all stuffy now. But I get it. I really do. And I hope you take away, you know, in regards to, you know, the example that I gave in regards, you know, being on the road and driving and common courtesy and, you know, not, you know, missing the, if you're driving fast, you know, missing the stuff and, you know, just trying to enjoy life, and enjoy the ride and, you know, just really dive deep into where you're at and, you know, how you can be a better person and, you know, find love and, you know, if you're at a place where you feel like your work is unfinished, then then do it. You got this. Walk up in there like a boss and do it. It's exactly what I did and I feel more confident than ever. And I know my work's not done. And I, I don't know when my work will be.